Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. One of the more famous plays of late in the NFL is Philly's short yardage play referred to as the Tush Push. This play has a high conversion rate, but is it really safe for the players and should it be legal? We'll examine the play and the rules of history to help make an informed opinion of the strategy and what the NFL should do next. All this is coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your... Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal of positive football history. In this edition, we are going to look at one of the more famous plays in the National Football League. It's trending wildly right now, especially with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's most famously known as the Tush Push or the Brotherly Shove, that short yardage play by the Philadelphia Eagles. But before we do, let's make sure that you're aware of our newsletter. We have a newsletter that comes out each and every day about 6.30 a.m. Eastern, totally free to sign up for. You can cancel at any time. Real easy to sign up for. Just go to the show notes of this podcast, the top of Pigskin Dispatch or JerseyDispatch.com, and you'll know all of the day's events that we're reporting on uh, in the Jersey Dispatch and Pigskin Dispatch realm, as well as our podcast and some great podcasts and some information from some of our friends on sports history. It's a Dispatch of Sports History, and it's yours for free every single day in your email inbox. Now, first of all, let's describe what is the brotherly shove well the philadelphia eagles have used their talented personnel including quarterback jalen hurts to create and perfect a seemingly unstoppable method of dealing with short yardage plays the shove is a unique offensive play where one of the offensive linemen typically the center or guard sometimes both of them and in particular jason kelsey the center of philadelphia well they fire out low at a defensive opponent to take away their leverage. Just take the legs right out from under them so they can't have much pushback as a strong quarterback, Jalen Hurts. And a backfield teammate, sometimes multiple teammates, are behind the quarterback, pushing him through the pile, uh, just giving an extra surge as soon as that play begins. That subtle push in unison is intended to help the quarterback gain a slight advantage in timing and positioning, allowing him to execute the play more effectively and thus penetrating the line of to gain 
in this case to get the first down for Philadelphia. Now the phrase brotherly shove is often used lightheartedly and reflects the camaraderie and teamwork among the Eagles offensive players and they are very good at running this particular maneuver. In an October 27th, 2023 article found on Marca.com, the Eagles center, uh, Josh, Jason Kelsey, uh, claims, you know, that they run this in practice a lot and they're highly successful and that the tush push success rate, in fact, was successful 41 out of 44 attempts since 2022 when it was adopted by the Eagles. It has since been gone on to be acknowledged as the most successful play in football. 93.5% of the time it is run by the Eagles. Now, other teams are not finding the same success as this because the Eagles just have the personnel, a very thick and strong, adaptable quarterback who's really good at squeezing through and finding gaps in between bodies as his opponents are good at pushing him through. And uh, it's very effective. Now, people may say, well, is this a legal play in the NFL? Well, obviously, they're running it time after time, and the officials are letting them do it. And actually, that tush-push play became legal in the NFL in the year 2005. Now, for decades, the practice was an illegal football activity, and technically, it still is at the high school level uh, under the illegally aiding the runner enforcement of five yards, where you cannot push, pull, or otherwise assist the runner in gaining yardage or keeping his balance. That's a penalty. The, the runner has to stay on his own two feet and gain yardage on his own. You can block out in advance legally, but you cannot push, pull, or otherwise influence that run. Now, one of the more famous instances uh, of this play back in 2005, which maybe led to the adoption by the NFL to, to make it legal, was the famous Bush push in the USC Notre Dame game in 2005. And if you remember, that was a, came a very close contest. USC got down to the one yard line late in the game at Notre Dame's stadium. And the handoff was to Reggie Bush who went through the line. It was sort of stuffed at the line. And Matthew Leinert, the quarterback of the Southern Cal team, got behind him and pushed him through uh, to advance Reggie over the goal line and thus for a USC touchdown, which won the game for the Trojans on that day. But there is some precedence in football of why this particular style of play is illegal. So let's look at that. You know, we've seen the successes and we see where it's come from in sort of this phenomenon that's been developing for the last couple of decades. But we forget that almost 120 years ago, the rules makers of the American football game banned a very similar activity. It was called the flying wedge, really a product of Harvard's coach, Lauren Deland, who came up with this play to combat Yale, who was having so much success in the 1890s under the tutelage of Walter Camp as their head coach. Well, Deland's flying wedge would be a play where there'd be a mass momentum play uh, where we have an image of it being demonstrated back in the day on Pigskin Dispatch from a Wikipedia page. But you, they, they would make a formation almost like a triangular or arrow shape with a runner in the middle and just have a focal point player that they would try to hit in the line. 
and make a penetration. So it was a mass momentum play where everybody's blocking in the same direction at the same point of attack, very similar to what our play is today. And people were getting hurt. So the rules makers in 1906 and even earlier were trying to ban the mass momentum play and the flying wedge in particular was banned in 1906 at that famous rules meeting after President Theodore Roosevelt uh, interceded and brought in the uh, rules makers into the Oval Office to try to save football and he in essence did open the game up a little bit make it not as brutal but that was part of the brutality of that game was these mass momentum plays and you know wedge plays that would just be a focal at the point and just mass on mass body against body grinding it out hitting low doing everything it could to gain a yard so that's what we're coming back to really with the bush push now one of the main reasons for the ban on the flying wedge back at 120 years ago it was too powerful the sheer force of the wedge was often too much for defenders to handle and they would be easily bowled over this led to several injuries including broken bones and concussions in some cases, players were even trampled to death in addition to the risk of injury the flying wedge also made the game less competitive the play was so effective that it was almost impossible to stop giving a team a significant advantage and this made the game less fair and less exciting for fans. For these reasons, the Flying Wedge was banned from American football in 1906, and the ban helped to make the game safer, more competitive, and opened it up with a little bit more offensive excitement and a sport more enjoyable for fans. So doesn't that sort of describe, you know, the Flying Wedge's description, describe what's happening in this brotherly shove, tush-push type short yardage play? I think it does, and I think somebody is going to get seriously hurt. Uh, maybe it's a defender. Possibly it could be an offensive player. Maybe it's a quarterback. I mean, remember, he's got some big dudes behind him pushing with all their might against big dudes pushing the other way, and he's sort of that uh, peanut butter and jelly in the middle of that sandwich getting squished all over the place. Could be a quarterback that gets hurt in the play. And uh, it's really, it's just not good for the game. And I hope to see that the rules makers, uh, and the, the uh, competition committee of the NFL in particular, take a closer look at this in the off season, not changing it in the middle of the season. You can't do that. And not saying that the quarterback sneak should be legalized, but aiding the runner by pushing, pulling, turning, forcing him through the line with teammates, just a little bit too much and hope it's something they do before somebody gets seriously hurt. That's our commentary for today. It adds a little bit of history of the game and tells you where we've come and where we can go with the game of American football. Hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you'll join us next time as we talk about some more great football history. Until then, have a great Gridiron Day. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleat Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. <laughs>
This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.